This is the Daily Detail, powered by 1819 News. Honest News. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. The voice of Alabama values. Alabama. Unbelievable people. And now, here is Andrea Tice. The Alabama state senator who pre-filed a bill that would put a delay on the early release of Alabama inmates is now blasting Governor Ivey for a statement she made about the 2021 law. Ivey responded to State Senator Chris Elliott's pre-filed bill by saying that the law still ensures public safety and upholds justice. Elliott says that's not the case. While speaking on FM Talk 106.5 out of Mobile with radio host Sean Sullivan. Is that to say that you are for the unfettered release of criminals, Senator Elliott? That's that's hogwash and what I would probably, I will call dishonest, intellectually dishonest. I mean, you're basically saying that the law enforcement professionals uh, across this state, district attorneys, the attorney general himself, sheriffs, police officers, all of whom have said this is a really bad idea, are for the unfettered release of criminals? I mean, come on. That doesn't even pass the smell test. I think that we put bad people in jail to keep them away from good people. And I think that if you let them out early, then the likelihood that they're going to go back to their ways and and harm good people, the ones I represent, is probably pretty good. Alabama Attorney General Steve Marshall has written an article for 1819 News regarding the consequences of the mass release of prison inmates here in Alabama. So far in 2023, there have been almost 400 inmates let out as required by the 2021 state law that made it retroactive beyond the original 2015 prison sentencings. Marshall contends that the 2021 changes have caused the most problems because it created a mass release of prisoners and it disproportionately allows more violent inmates to be released in order to comply with the law. The AG also questions the efficacy of such supervision when hundreds of inmates are released at the same time. The AG says that over 80% of the prison population in Alabama are violent offenders, and at a time when cities like Birmingham and Mobile are seeking to make their streets safer, the return of violent felons will be a continuing problem. A third article is now out at the 1890 News website when it comes to Alabama's former Speaker of the House, Mac McCutcheon, and his son, Chris McCutcheon. The expose, written by CEO Brian Dawson, details how Mac McCutcheon and his son financially benefited from a medical testing startup company known as QBR. This all happened while McCutcheon was still serving in the state legislature and then later as Speaker of the House. McCutcheon was paid as a consultant to QBR while his son had half ownership in the company. Evidence revealed in this article shows that Chris McCutcheon was able to use money from QBR for his personal expenses with without any punishment or accountability, and he then turned around and assisted the Department of Justice to investigate the co-owner of QBR for fraud. McCutcheon and his son apparently made money at QBR while knowing that the company was not following federal medical regulations. However, they were never charged in that lawsuit from the DOJ, while the former CEO, John Horbuckle, is facing federal prison time. You can find out more details on this whole story at the 1819 website. The Alabama Department of Corrections has revealed that three of their former inmates are back behind bars already after being released just a few days ago. The arrest comes for them trying to bring contraband back to a prison. Paul Allen Brown was one of those three inmates who was released on February 10th. Days after that release, he and Emanuel Olds and Javante Simons were found trespassing at the Limestone Correctional Facility. 
Brown was attempting to get contraband to those on the inside by tossing a cell phone over the fence. Brown is also facing charges for distribution of a controlled substance. All three have been booked in the Limestone County Jail. Protesters were outside the Walker County Sheriff's Office on Wednesday of this week, calling on Sheriff Nick Smith to resign. The protests come after inmate Anthony Mitchell died within the Walker County Jail, and Mitchell's family has now filed a wrongful death lawsuit against the sheriff and others who were involved. Mitchell was in the sheriff's custody for almost two weeks. He was taken to a hospital where resuscitation measures were taken, but he still died. A whistleblower inside the Walker County Jail then released video camera footage to ABC 3340 News that shows deputies carrying Mitchell into a patrol car to head to the hospital. Mitchell was not walking on his own accord, but appears to be both unconscious and very limp. Some of the protesters were friends of Mitchell, and they say that the sheriff's office has not been transparent with the public or truthful on Mitchell's condition when he was taken to that hospital. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. In national news, the latest on the Ohio train derailment and the now toxic waste site in East Palestine. The CEO and editor-in-chief of the Star News Network, Michael Patrick Leahy, is now talking about what his reporters have tried to find out on the ground from the Environmental Protection Agency. Leahy spoke on Real America's Voice, saying the EPA is not answering the informed questions from the reporters about who authorized the control burn that sent tons of toxins into the air, water, and soil in that area. They confirmed they had an on-scene coordinator there to us. They didn't say when that on-scene coordinator was there. And when we asked them, uh, did they order the controlled burn, they said, we'll have to look into that. When we asked them, did that on-scene coordinator have the legal authority to issue the controlled burn, they said, we'll have to look into that. We'll get back to you. We've reached out to the governor's office and said, by what legal authority did you order the controlled burn on February 6th? Now, he framed that as a we, but the we was... Uh, Governor DeWine, Governor Shapiro, and unnamed federal agencies. It was DeWine who ordered the control burn. Breitbart News caught up with a resident at East Palestine. She asked for prayer for all the residents in that town who will have to deal with the fallout of this chemical disaster in the years ahead. But I know there's a lot of people that are very, very scared. Mm-hmm. They're very nervous about um, what they're coming home to, um, the environment, the animals, the um, Years from now, the environmental impact on just people and animals and things around town, Um, just the economy of our small town. Um, But God is in control. You know, he's in control. And I think um, so often we forget that. The chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, Jim Jordan, has issued subpoenas this week to five big tech executives. The CEOs of Facebook, Apple, Google, Amazon, and Microsoft have all been called on to supply information to the House committee to explain their part in colluding with big government to suppress online discussion and censor certain voices and certain issues. A March 23rd deadline has been given for these CEOs to hand over any and all communications related to this issue. Jordan says that requests have been made in the past, but all of these companies have ignored the requests, so now the subpoenas have been issued to hold big tech accountable. Well, there's another legal victory for free speech that just occurred in the state of New York. U.S. District Judge Andrew Carter Jr. ruled against the New York hate speech law when it comes to regulating social media. Carter granted a preliminary injunction against the law, saying it is blatantly unconstitutional. The law was passed by the New York legislature and promoted and approved by New York Governor Kathy Hochul. 
Well, let's talk about those strange flying objects, three of them that were shot down last weekend by U.S. Canadian fighter jets. They were found hovering over Alaska and Montana. Well, we're now finding out from Florida Senator Marco Rubio that such UFO sightings have been reported to Congress for decades now, not just by average Americans, but by U.S. military pilots as well. And it's really nothing new. Because what bothers me the most is everyone's talk, acting like this is the first time we've ever seen these things. And so we reacted that way. No, it isn't. We've had hundreds and hundreds of cases uh, reported by military personnel. We've been talking about it for years. Rubio says the only thing unusual in these latest flying objects is the fact that U.S. forces decided to shoot them down. If they're not new, sir, then why were they shot down? Were well, you that's what's new. No, that's what's new. What's new is that, um, that, that they were shot down, which is extraordinary because not one, we, we've never shot down anything in 65 years of NORAD. And over one weekend, they shot down three things. Rubio's revelation begs the question as to why. What happened last weekend in the news that required such action to cause a diversionary headline story to take the attention of Americans away from something else? Well, might I humbly suggest that the Nord Stream 2 story by Seymour Hirsch might be the very, very big reason? Here's a reminder, Hirsch is a Pulitzer Prize winning investigative reporter whose previous reports have never been disputed. He offered times, dates, names, and motivation for the Nord Stream 2 gas line to be destroyed by the U.S. in order to stop the flow of cheap energy from Russia to Europe and in particular Germany. Hirsch's expose essentially accused the U.S. government and President Joe Biden of engaging in an act of international terrorism as well as eco-terrorism for the destruction of that Nord Stream gas line into the Baltic Sea. So that's something to consider. Also regarding this whole story, the Norwegian Intelligence Service is now reporting that Russia has launched nuclear-armed tactical vessels into the Baltic Sea where this all took place for the first time in 30 years aboard their submarines as well as surface vessels. You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1819 News. If you are enjoying the daily detail and want to make sure that these reports come up easily on your smartphone, then be sure to hit the subscribe or follow button on whatever podcasting app you are using. It's usually on the main page of the daily detail. That could be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbeam, or some other app. And also be sure to visit 1819 News for more reliable, up-to-date information on what's going on around here in Alabama. You can also join 1819 News by becoming a member, which will get you exclusive content as well as 1819 merchandise. You can visit 1819news.com backslash membership to learn more. I'm Andrea Tice. I'll be back again tomorrow. I look forward to updating you then. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values. 